0: Hi! This is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name is Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. Hey everybody! Um, today I have a guest on the show. Uh, it's is it Kimberly Carter? Am I already mess, messing up your name? No, that's my name. I
1: mean, that's my main name. But my uh, it's Kimberly Carter Greenland. Right. Actually, is my full name.
0: And then I kept fighting the urge to wanting to call you Kim. Um, Kim is fine. All right, cool. Because some people are like, don't don't call me Kim. <laughs> my name is Kimberly. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, I just it. It's Kim. Is fine. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, like I said earlier, you can call me Angelo or Jello. I respond to both. It's not a big deal. Um, today's episode is on Christianity and some misunderstandings that people have about it. And um, right off, before we started the uh, the recording, before I I got the camera going, um, you I was telling you about how my background was. Uh, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness, and you were telling me that. Um, I mean, I don't know. When I was growing up, they had this in New York City. They had this place called Bethel, which was their headquarters, and everyone would, uh, everyone's, not everyone's goal, but like that was the the gold standard, if you will. If if you put enough hours in the ministry, if if you converted enough people and they had this weird thing called a pioneering system where you would log in your hours uh, that you would preach. So if you preached if you preached 20 hours they called you a part-time pioneer and then if you preached 40 hours a week you were considered a full-time pioneer and if you did this for for several months or to a year eventually you can submit your uh, you can get a letter of recommendation from your elders to try to move on to the to the headquarters in Bethel and Bethel was kind of a place where you can join and and it was considered the highest honor to be in Bethel because you would be near the the board members and the board members are all anointed they believe that only 144,000 people are going to be going to heaven and their board members have been appointed by God to guide the Watchtower and Bible Track Society um, and it would be it was considered a really huge honor if you were if you would put enough hours in to be able to work at Bethel and you would you would pretty much become part of the staff. it was a volunteer basis and you would be given a small salary, not a big one. It was very very modest just enough to, to, to pay for maybe some necessities and you would get to stay at this kind of a dormitory they have like a dormitory there. And you'd be you'd be given a, a job either according to your skill set, um, either in the in making music or helping with printing the publication or working as a manuf- on the manufacturing line in the printing press, and or you'd wow. be there was yeah, there was a lot of jobs that were there, and so some of the goals that some people had, specifically my mom, that was her goal for me was for me to go to Bethel one day, so. So I, you know, that that's why she always talked about it. And I put in... And what age
1: did you start this? What age were you, were you on the road to Bethel?
0: Well, I want to say my mom was putting it into my head since I was an infant. But she, like, things, she really didn't get... Um, no, yeah, she was always putting it into my head. That was always what she would say. One day he's going to go to Bethel. She'd tell everyone that, that was that was the goal for me. Um, that, that I was, you know, that's why I was preaching already. I started, I started going door to door when I was about, uh, before I can even talk, I was with my mom because she was really into it. So she was a full-time pioneer. So it, wow. when she was two, I was strapped to her back while she was preaching. And then once I turned four or five and I can talk, I remember handing out magazines to people.
1: was this in Brooklyn? Was this in New York City?
0: No, actually this was in California
1: in California.
0: Yeah. And where would you would go door to door like Mormons kind of? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was funny cuz a lot of people would would ask us, "Are you Mormon?" No, no, no. We always had to explain <laughs> that. <laughs> we don't have bicycles. Um but yeah, they um we would go door to door and um we'd also go to uh, mostly a lot of the things that we would do is we'd hit the streets at bus stations. That was one of my mom's favorite things to do wake up at 5:30 in the morning and and meet people who are going to work on the bus and preach to them on the way to while they're on their way to work or while they're waiting for the bus
1: that's fast now um, i'm just curious I, I i know a little bit about it not a lot but i'm just curious as i know that they believe a certain amount will get into heaven how many what's the number
0: 144000
1: so is the belief that when you're going to preach the gospel to, or to I don't know how they they would call it, but it, it's just trying to convince a person that they may be one of the 144,000?
0: No, actually, the, the belief structure is quite the opposite. Um, okay. We're, we're trying, we, I'm saying we as if I'm still a part of that. Oh, uh, we were <laughs> when I was younger. Um, yeah, they the the goal was to was to convince people that the idea of everyone going to heaven is 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 misconstrued because and I, I forget what scriptures in the Bible specifically used the number one hundred and forty four thousand, but um, but there was there was Bible verses that we memorized that had the number in it, and um, the rest of the people were going to be going to a paradise earth. Uh, their belief is very similar to many other Christians about a rapture, but they don't call it a rapture. They call it Armageddon. And um, okay. and they believed that the world was going to end, and God was going to remake, renew the earth. So after after Armageddon, um, the earth would pretty much be destroyed. And there would be maybe a few survivors, but for the most part, everyone's, everyone was going to be kind of wiped out. But... But he would bring everyone back, and and it has to do with scriptures. Uh, again, uh, it's been a long time, but um, it has to do it has to do with specific scri- scriptures that talked about a new world and a new earth, and God will make a new world and a new earth. And I think it's somewhere in the Revelations area. I don't I don't know. It's been a long time, but um, but yeah. So based on that belief, they would. They would tell people that they that people that everyone was going to come back and be made like an immortal, if you will. So they'll come back with a human body, but it'll, it it will be a clean slate, kind of like the way Adam and Eve started as perfect human beings. That that God was going to do that for everyone again, because that was that was His original plan. And we'd convince we we they would we back then. Um, they'd try to convince people that um, this idea of everyone going to heaven is not true, and that's what makes this religion different from the rest, which is interesting because it, uh, it, it, it sounds to me like when I started studying, one of the first things I did when I left was start studying many religions. Um, I started studying Buddhism, Hinduism. Um, currently, after I'm done with my book, I want to get back into my research and read a little more about the Quran, like actually read the Quran. I've, I've read I've read about other religions, and I've read about, the the faith of, um, of Islam, but I haven't and I've, I've interviewed people that that are Muslim But I've never read their their scripts their scriptures uh, But I have read the scriptures of Hinduism and I wanted to read and I have read scriptures on Buddhism and Zen Buddhism So the next one I wanted to go after was uh, not go after but learn more about was the Quran but um what I learned when I was looking at Hinduism and the idea of reincarnation this idea that the Jehovah's Witnesses have is a version of reincarnation. But if you say that to them, they'll get very upset. Um, of course. But, um, but it is. This idea that they're going to hit this this new level of humanity where it'll be an immortal really sounds similar to the idea of, of coming back at the, as the ultimate form. Now, Hinduism... Hinduism doesn't go back to that. It's more along the Buddhism. But Buddhism doesn't like to talk too much. Well, Zen Buddhism. Buddhism does talk about a ulterior plane where essentially you keep coming back as a higher form of, of, of being and one of them will be an enlightened being. But Zen Buddhism doesn't like to talk about the afterlife. So they, they kind yeah. of they kind of focus more on the here and the now. And if there is an afterlife, great. But regardless of whether you believe there is or isn't, it's more about how you treat people now, which I, I feel is, is, is really, to me, that's what I kind of gravitated towards. Like, um, there may be things I don't understand. There may be things that they may be possible as a, as a scientist, you know, there's this, there's, they always talk about that just because that's some, just because you don't have evidence that something exists, doesn't exist, doesn't mean that you have evidence that it you know, just absence of evidence isn't a, a, ab, evidence of absence. I think that's what they like to say. In other words, just, just because I don't have tangible evidence right now to say that there isn't an afterlife or to say that there isn't a higher power doesn't mean that down the line, science may not, not, not going to discover in the future, right? Scientists are always open to the idea of new information being drawn in and then using some that are, to... Some are, there, some well, are. Some are, right? And it's actually the scientific <laughs> method was is this is supposed to be designed to be open to the idea that when new evidence is brought in you reform you reformulate and introduce that evidence and looking at quantum physics and dark matter and you're right yeah some don't right when 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 some scientists were talking about dark matter or when even just quantum physics when quantum physics was brought up to albert einstein he was like that's crazy at the time he was just bringing in his theory of relativity and everybody thought he was crazy but when he, when they started talking about quantum physics like no way that's that's just honky tonky spooky talk like there's <laughs> no way but but you know fast forward to now where we have the technology to be able to measure a photon and then we end up finding dark matter and we end up finding out that you can find particles that can exist in two planes at the same time and um yeah. and hey what do you know new evidence was brought in and the scientific community had to analyze it and and whether or not they liked the idea of it they had to reform reformulate it to, to bring it into their to their ideology and, and uh, part of the scientific metaphor, part part of their structures right so yeah. so that's why like when I when I think about it, it it to me the stance that's kind of the stance I take is is you know I, I respect I respect atheists I respect people that are agnostic i have nothing against it um i understand why they they feel the way they do um yeah. i i have my beliefs but they're so based on the oh my gosh the amounts of research i wouldn't expect anyone else to get as geeked out on it as i did to read the bible five oh, times know. And then...
1: you. it's geekable it, and, and I... it's so interesting
0: it is but, but again like i again like for, I came to this conclusion after doing the research myself, but for me to expect someone else to do that much research to come to that conclusion, then I'll then I'll feel like I'm I'm reverting back to that to that Jehovah's Witness background that I left was like, well now I'm trying to convert people again, and I don't I don't ever want to do that ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. What about you? So you were saying. <laughs> no so you said um you were saying your background is also in Christianity. Hello. Can you... What's that? Can
1: you... I lost your... I lost your last few sentences there. They oh dropped no.
0: Down. Oh no problem. So you were saying that your your background is also in Christianity. mean totally different totally different cult the catholic church you know they're like the mafia right yeah i
1: mean they must well be right so they wrote all
0: the rules oh you know i had a friend who was catholic and explained to me the amount of um the rules and um and also like when i looked at the history of. Uh, reading about the popes and um a lot of the history that you know the impression that that i was raised in were they kind of painted catholics as 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 what they what they call it no no offense they used to call it the harlot and how it kind of you can say anything you want about anyone i will take no offense (laughs) (laughs) but yeah they used to they used to use the catholic religion as the as the prime example of what happens when, when religion um, turns into a crusade and, and that kind of a thing. But I mean, yeah. looking at it now, what do you feel about, um, one of the things that we're always talking about, and that we talked about on Facebook as well, is you were always telling me about how, how even though, so now, do you still feel, do you still identify as a Catholic now? No, 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 I don't.
1: I I, um, I don't. Buy into any of the sacraments of the church at all um, I, I didn't I didn't grow up in a very heavy-duty Catholic family it wasn't like um, it's funny because I grew up in Arizona actually and uh, can you hear me yeah I can hear you okay I grew up in Arizona and I actually grew up on the native on the Navajo Hopi reservation oh, cool. in the part of Arizona right in the uh, right on the reservation and I so I was like the only white kid the first three years of school and um, these were uh, mostly Navajo and some hope kids and they were it was very traditional and very um, they still did their ceremonies and they were. Um, so I was pretty much surrounded by their culture. and. Uh, it, it, oddly enough, a lot of the kids that that still did their ceremonies and were very very connected to their culture also went to church. So there was this combination of this Native American tradition and the Christian religion. So it was kind of uh, unusual that way. So when I went to church, I wasn't going to like, kind of like a Boston or a New York kind of heavy duty Catholic experience. You know, it was more Catholic life. Hmm. Um, but I, there was just this instinctual thing when I would go to church and, and I gotta say, just on a side note that I, there, I found the, the native culture very, very spiritual and I gained a lot from it. And it was a a deepening experience for me personally, but when I went to church, um, I didn't like anything. Anything I didn't res- nothing resonated with me except Jesus. So I would say all the Pope stuff, the nun stuff, the saint stuff, the ritual stuff in there just did not ring true for me but christ did ring true for me and uh it all kind of stuck with me for a long time even if, even when i was you know practicing or not practicing whatever i was doing that kind of always stayed with me just as that singular person principle words that was that, that were embodied in jesus that that was um, that kept me going hmm. spiritually for a long time.
0: So once you, um, so uh, once you, uh, go ahead. Once you, you kind, of, you kind of uh, eventually, you, you kind of stepped away from the church. What do you identify as now?
1: Uh, I, you know, it's hard. I, I like. It. For me, you know, I like to consider myself a Christian, um, just as uh, because I do, I, you know, I do go to church. I, I didn't go today. I was a little exhausted today, to but I do go to church and I go to a non-denominational church okay. and, um, I, and that for a Catholic, I got to say that's, a, it's, it's weird for a Catholic to back away because it's been my experience that Catholics do either, they either continue to go to mass and become very devout or they leave the church altogether and they have nothing to do with it, you know, and they'll say, oh, I'm a Catholic. And they may stay connected here and there at, church, at, at Christmas and Easter, but they are not um, really dedicated to, uh, to the path. And, and I just see that a lot of the Catholic religion, when I'm looking back, and I'm just going to put it in simple terms, I'm not going to try to make it all, you know, get theologically heavy here. All right. But the, the church is like, from my own experience, it just got, it did everything it, it it could to kind of keep you away from, the princip- from that basic uh, person of Christ. I mean, he was there. But it was also Mary came into the picture, and she was a big figure. And there was a lot, and there was always the priest, and there was the pope. And I always felt like, why do we need all these uh, people when, when He is our Savior? I mean, it was, it, it almost felt like they, they made it, per, they made it purposefully confusing, you know. So um, it took me a long time. For a while, I was, I, I didn't do anything. I, I was not. I didn't meditate, I didn't pray, I, I still always kind of believed in God loosely, but I never, um, you know, and I dabbled in everything, and, you know, I was doing yoga, and I did, I went and looked into Zen Buddhism and Zen meditation, New York, in New York City, you know, everything's available to you, yeah. you want to check out, and I actually, when I went to college, I became, I was a Jewish studies major, so that was (laughs) my undergrad degree, was in, um. Jewish studies so I kind of learned Judaism I learned Western religion that which was really interesting to me and is still very very interesting to me Um, but I didn't uh, didn't really practice Christianity but I had an experience one day that kind of changed my life
0: (laughs) really Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and it was really weird and um i could tell i mean i could talk about it it's not,
0: yeah I mean, it if you if you're comfortable oh, sharing it what what was um what was the what was the game changer for you
1: i'll 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 tell you i was really worried with um i had i i had my daughter late i had my i didn't uh, i got married kind of late and i had my daughter when i was 40 when I just turned 42 i had my daughter and so, at that point, I wasn't you know, I was just being a mom, and um was trying to work through that. and I was you know, everything was fine. Everything was cool. Everything was moving along, chugging along. And I was babysitting my daughter and her friend one night. they were um, her, her, her friend's parents went to a show and they had and they were kind of wealthy and they had this huge, like, one of those huge screen TVs. The girls had gone to bed, and I'm flipping through the 1,040 channels, you know, that they have on cable. And I come across uh, Joyce Meyer. Uh, do you know Joyce Meyer? Have you heard of her? I haven't,
0: but I'm checking now.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's a televangelist, basically. And oh. um it's funny because my mom and I had always like w- uh would watch televangelists once in a Because sometimes I like a good preacher. I always have. I've always been fascinated with the good old fashioned American uh sermon and preacher. I always found it very interesting. And um I liked Joyce Meyer and she was not she was not she's from uh where is she from? Um she's she's
0: from is... the yeah, she's from the Midwest. Uh, she, originally she's from Saint, She was born in Saint Louis.
1: In Saint Louis, right? Yeah, she's agree. from Missouri exactly. Mm-hmm. And she has this tremendous, uh, uh, you know, ministry. I mean, she's loaded. She's one of these, uh, just extraordinarily wealthy at this point. Has a lot of money. Yeah. But at that point, I didn't really judge that, or I didn't know. I just liked listening to Joyce Meyer. And I, uh. so I'm coming across Joyce Meyer said, Oh, there's Joyce. I haven't watched her in a while. I'm going to watch her. So I'm watching her, totally just listening to her. And she said something about Jesus died for you. He, he loved you enough to die for you. He, um, he died for you, and he, she said something like, "It's psychological." Jesus wants you to know it's a it's a psychological thing that that you need to understand that he died for you. I do not know. How she's got it. I understood it in a way that I had never understood it before. I understood it on in this level that it, it was not intellectual. It was. I got it. Hmm. And um, it, was a, it was like an enlightenment kind of thing.
0: So it was more of a, like a you was, kind of, re- the, the words the words resonated with you in a spiritual sense. Totally. Okay. Totally.
1: It, um, and they, it was like, a, I felt the change, like they had a, just a very deeper resonance. I understood that he died for me. It was a very simple thing. That hmm. I got it. And I was kind of tripping out. And I and, and, um, I mean, I'll never forget it as long as I live. And so uh, I left there. And the strongest urge came over me to read the Bible. Very powerful urge. I could not. And um, I got home. And I had like these. Oh, and, and going back to, uh, you know passing, I'd always collected those little Bibles they give them out in the in the subways here in New York and I always collected them and I had this little green Bible I dug out and I wanted, to, I had the strongest urge to read it and I read it, I, I read it and it made sense to me in a way it never had
0: Alright, and so kind of um so that was that was a changing point for you. You kind of that that brought you back into uh into being more active as a well not active but kind of actively praying again. Did, did you start going to church again too? Or were you going to church yeah, the whole time?
1: Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't I was never going to church okay. and I and I didn't <clears throat> had going after that, I felt I needed to find a church, and I knew that I didn't want to go into any kind of heavy denominational sect, sectarian kind of thing. I wanted just pure scripture, okay. and, um, you know, people who were you know, living like Christians, and doing the Christian, th- I wanted kind of like a, like my, my instincts were telling me I wanted a kind of like an original Christian experience. I wanted to get close to the, close to the basics, you know, like the original church kind of feeling that you read about in the Bible. Yeah. And yeah, that's kind of what I, I envisioned for myself and that's kind of still what I, 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 I want.
0: All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch gears real quick because because I think one of the things that um, at this point I mean so a lot of people that that identify as being um, progressive or sometimes liberal it, it almost seems like many times they tend to attack people who have uh, a strong sense of their spirituality specifically in Christianity they don't a lot of progressives and liberals don't tend to attack um, people of other religions, but specifically, you know, because of the history. And once once a progressive gets really into, into the idea of learning more of the darker sides of American history, they start looking at colonization. And then they kind of just, on a broad brushstroke, start um, kind of hating on Christianity itself. And, and pe- anybody who says anything close yeah. to what you just said, in fact... Right now, there might be some of my listeners hearing your story of how you found your spirituality again. They might be rolling their eyes and yelling at the t v oh, yeah. screen right now um I know. <laughs> so, I expect- so like and, I, and, I, and my thing like i've met I've met plenty of Christian progressives and um and it, from what i gather it, it's not that they don't. It's not that it's not that being a Christian doesn't make them not a progressive. Um so I guess I have about maybe 5 or 10 more minutes left on the show and I kind of just wanted to get your idea what what would you like to share with people that feel that just because you're a Christian um suddenly you hate atheists or you feel that people are going to hell or that you're some sort of judgmental you're some sort of judgmental person who's going after them well how would you how would you what would you like to say to them? Or how would you like to share your ideas or about being a progressive and being a Christian?
1: Oh, that's just such, a, it's such an interesting area, isn't it? Overlap. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's hard. It's my biggest issue with, um, I'm going to just have to blame the media for this one and uh, want people to, just think about maybe how many times they've heard on the media how Christianity specifically, and I'm going to say specifically, because all religions get it, but specifically Christianity, you're right, has really for a couple of you know, decades has been attacked. And um, there's. I mean, I, I don't want to go into all the reasons for them, but it's almost kind of like a... It's acceptable now to just see Christians as these right-wing, uh, you know, liberal-hating uh, monsters that want the Bible in to dictate America. And it's and I understand that that's um, has been. I mean, I believe that for a long time. I I believe that before this happened to me. I I was on board with that. I I I bought that story. matter is, is that the, the things that you hear about in the media, uh, there are oceans of people that are having a completely different experience, and their spiritual life and their Christian life have are, 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 are completely antithesis of that, actually. And what I would say to you, like, for me personally, and from other people that i that I know, is that uh, when you're when you really are giving yourself over to to this Christian way of life and you're really looking at it um, the, when, you, when you're looking at scripture, it's all about speaking the truth and the, the, it's really about being honest and it's really about being courageous and uh, courageous and vulnerable at the same time so in it, 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 you know i and also um in terms of sin this idea of sin and, and and everything that that's a that's an issue that happens you start looking at at sin when you become a christian and you get honest and you start looking at at, at sin being an issue in society and um but it doesn't necessarily mean that i'm going to look at you and judge you as a sinner Per se, I might, you know, talk to you about Jesus, but I'm not going to look at you as somebody who's not worthy or um, automatically thinking you're going to hell. I, this is Christians, uh, there's a lot of Christians out there that do a lot of thinking, a lot of heavy thinking about this, a lot of investigating, a lot of soul searching and seeing what it means and uh, trying to understand, you know, uh, just loving the sinner and hating the sin, I mean I hate that term but um, there is something to that and it, it, in terms of the Christian worldview uh, it's part of the picture but it, it, it doesn't mean that um, there's this hatred of, of, of people or uh, in fact there's like a deepening of caring and loving of, of people, and it's, it's it's like uh, it's something that's going to confront you. And, I, and I'm thinking maybe that that's, I think, I think people respond to that more than anything, and because I'm not speaking from experience here. People don't want to be judged, and they don't want to, and they don't want to take responsibility for the things that separate them from God. And I think that, that that's scary, and, and it's uncomfortable, and uh, and I think that that's a big reason for it. But I understand people don't want to be judged, and they don't want to be um, condemned to hell. And, I, you know, I, my ideas about that are, but, you know, we don't have to go into that. But just the biggest thing is there are Christians out there who think a lot about this, some of them. And they, and they, uh, and they care and they want the truth, you know, they want the truth and and knowing that really loving people is, is harder than you think, much harder than you think, you know, it's a quest, it's a quest, especially in this, in this heavily consumerism and this technology saturated society. Trying to find that truth and dig for that truth is, is, is really challenging. And it can get, but the, the truth can get lost. But the ultimate truth is that we want to want people to know that they're loved by God. That's the ultimate truth.
0: So how would you respond to someone who, um, who doesn't believe in God? Who feels that um, they every time you you say things like being loved by Jesus or God to them it's like being loved by a unicorn or a leprechaun like they don't they, they see it as a as a fantasy creature and they feel that that the belief of it is very um, mystical and based in in uh, in fantasy how how how, how do you how do you communicate with those people?
1: Well, I, I, um, it's hard when, uh, I just got to say that people had, when I was very young, people would try to convert me, try to, um, witness to me. I had Baptist to me, I would have people come because there was a lot of them where I grew up, and I would just think they were ridiculous. You know, I would be like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I'm not gonna. I don't want this craziness of, of going to hell, and uh, it just doesn't even make any sense. And this is nonsense. And, Jesus, and nobody walked on water. Nobody changed it water to wine. This is craziness, you know. And um, but I've got. I say that. Uh, planted a seed and it was always very, there was always something in that I felt that they were giving me a gift, that they were willing to be silly, willing to sound ridiculous in front of me to bring this information to me. And that is part of what it means, is a willingness to be, to look totally ridiculous. And it says it in the Bible, it says this foolishness, uh, the, the world will look at us, with, at the, this is foolishness but we know that
0: it's true. So what you're saying is is if, if I if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is you don't mind. Like you, you, you feel it's it's part of being open to be vulnerable. In other words, yep. for people to feel that, that you live that, you know it was for the people that ideologically don't believe in a religion or, or a higher power, agnostics and atheists, you're okay with that. Um I'm okay with that. And um and the way you communicate with them is you continue to, to use the, the the what you know and what you feel is is um is the truth for yourself.
1: Absolutely, I this you can't sell this stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, there has to be a, a, a like an experience, a willingness. Uh, you know, it has to be something someone wants or okay. something that happens to them.
0: So at the same um, time, you're not, you're not exactly like yes. going door to door or anything or, or converting people, right? Or are you? No, no that, oh. would, that, that would not work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so more, again, again, like and anything I want to get, I'm trying to kind of centralize this episode on is the idea that just because someone's a Christian and I, I'm, I'm getting close to the closing statement here. Um, yeah. But just, just, just because someone's a Christian, or just because someone had a background in in a Christian religion, uh, doesn't exactly mean that they're trying to convert you. Um, from I mean, we just had a forty minute conversation, and you're just sharing your beliefs, and those are your beliefs. You're you're not going door to door. I came from a very aggressive sect of a Christian religion that was very trying to convert people, and I think that's what turns people off more than anything is the, is the idea that someone has a belief and they. They are trying to uh, play this mental tug-of-war where they're trying to change the way you think. And as I, as I mentioned earlier about the whole speech and debate thing, um, how I, I don't believe in the idea of trying to change someone's belief in, in two minutes. It takes years. And I don't, I'm really not trying to change anyone's beliefs. I share my ideas. Um, and that's it's from what I gather from you. You, you just you share your ideas. But it doesn't mean that you are trying to convert them, and I think that's where atheists and agnostic uh, people that are agno- ag- agnostic, kind of agnostic, not so much, but people who really grab onto the atheism, it's like mm-hmm. because they've dealt with so many people that tried to convert them, they automatically assume that every Christian is trying to convert them, and it turns mm-hmm. into this thing where, and I understand, like you said, there are right, there are very right wing very aggressive fundamentalists out there in every religion, right? Um, And in the Christian religion, there are a lot of trolls online. In the Jehovah's Witness religion, there's a lot of people online that are aggressive on their converting. So what happens is is maybe these atheists are coming from that perspective where they're constantly being attacked or constantly hiding their views from the people around them. And then when they're online, they're like, I'm fucking done. Like, if I see it, I'm going to attack it. And I'm going after and I'm I'm going straight for the balls and I'm going to punch them in the throat verbally because yeah. they have all that aggression that they've been holding in all day at work or all their life. And suddenly you become uh, a punching bag for that <laughs> online. And I think that's – if anything, like for my closing statement, I just hope – I'd hope that people that are agnostic can kind of keep – and people who are atheists can kind of keep in mind that not everyone is trying to convert you. Um, not everyone is, 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 is a right wing trying to say that they hate people who are of a different sexual orientation. They, those people are out there. But when you start turning on the people that are trying to to understand you as an atheist, right, and is, understand you as an agnostic, it, it becomes a turn off. Um, and it can be just as bad. Grabbing on to saying, I'm an atheist, therefore anybody who even mentions the idea to pray for these people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after them. Once you start doing that, what you're doing is you're creating the very same thing that you hate about the Christian, the, the, the parts of the Christian religion that, that upset you the most, those people that attack you, you're creating that within the belief structure that you're holding on to.
1: I absolutely agree. And I, and I just want to say too that I don't think there's, a, a, that it, 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 never, it never hurts to, to realize that this, is a, this has been around for thousands of years. And there's a lot of intellectual uh, Christians and thinkers and religious thinkers that have said a lot of really interesting, profound, meaningful stuff about this. And that, uh, you know, to, to, if, if you have any kind of time or courage to maybe just set aside your pride a little bit and just try to understand it a little bit. You know, just try to reach out and understand it intellectually. It doesn't have to mean that you're going to have to go out and learn what it means to be a Christian, but understand what the the uh, you know just kind of understand the the depth of it, because there is a depth to it, and there's there's a reason why it's around and that it's been around and it sticks around, and uh, there there can be some very gratifying intellectual uh, information on it.
0: That's fair enough. Well, Kim, I really want to thank you for being on the show. Um, For my listeners in the background, you can hear my daughter. She's about to turn two, and she's having a small tantrum. (laughs) You can't hear it on the phone, but I can hear it in my headphones, so I have to bring some attention to it. Because we're like, is that a kid screaming in the background? Yes. She's two, and she's definitely terribly two. But um, either way, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank my listeners for tuning in. Um, and again, just remember, I think it's all about respect. Um, I respect anyone who is willing to show vulnerability and willing to share their thoughts, even if it means at the stake of criticism of others. Um, and I really don't care what, what your belief structure is behind that. I I think that takes a lot of, a lot of courage. And, um, and I want to thank you for sharing and, and, and definitely, uh, you know, showing some of that toughness on my show today
1: it was absolutely my pleasure Joe. i really appreciate taking the time
0: well um this is social jello thanks for checking out our episode and i will catch you next time with our next interview Um, i'm trying to do at least two podcasts a month um also my youtube videos are coming on you know i have another thing i'm working on but yeah the youtube videos don't exactly follow the podcast if you want to see my personal blog check it out i'm constantly putting up stuff about my life out here in japan but uh, thanks for listening. www.socialjello.com And also, if you, if you didn't see this on iTunes and you saw it on some other website, uh, please check it out on iTunes so that I can get some credit um, on iTunes. And if you can at least pop in a video, that's great. It'll help bring in a few pennies my way. Have a great day, everyone. Catch you later. Peace.